Welcome to The Fight with Teddy Atlas. I'm Ken Rideout, joined as always by legendary trainer and notorious truth teller, Teddy Atlas. Teddy, what's good? Oh, it's good that I got you guys to come here again, I guess. All you guys <laughs> convinced me to, uh, to do another one of these things before camp breaks. I didn't think I'd be doing any more podcasts. You know, I always get scared, get nervous in camp concentrating on the task in front of us, which is defending the title with Alex, obviously March 30th on ESPN in Philadelphia, eight-week camp here. But you guys talked me into doing the last one, and you talked me into doing another one uh, now, and we have a real big surprise. Actually, we have a couple, but we have a big surprise. I'll let you introduce that. I don't want to steal your thunder. <laughs> but, I don't um, get many chances to no, be the No, we have star, a nice Teddy. surprise that'll be here with us. <clears throat> and pretty special. Uh, special for the sport of boxing, I think. Great story. But, um, yeah, I again, I'm just... I'm at your beck and call, Ken. You know, the best. You, you tell the me to be here. People are demanding an audience with you. Everyone wants to hear what you have to you say. You tell me to be here. I, I say, okay, what time? Before I introduce today's guest, I want to tell you just a quick story or uh, paint a quick picture for you. Just imagine a movie where boxer has a decent career, gets a shot at a title, suffers a ninth-round TKO, dropped by his promoter, decides to take a full-time job working on a road crew, gets a call from a new promoter, new, new management, wants to have a couple fights, still thinks he has something in the tank, Gets a shot at the world title against Golden Boy promoted, Freddie Roach trained fighter. All the makings of a Hollywood type Rocky story. Kid takes the fight, shows up on fight night, gets dropped in the first. Looks to be overmatched, but he has other ideas. Starts working the body, listening to his corner, following instructions. Scores a knockout in the fourth round, wins the world title. And that story is about... Young Andrew Cancio, champion of the world. Welcome to the show, Andrew. By the way, we, we clapped for you on the last podcast, too. We, we were talking about you before we even got to this point, and we, uh, we love having belts on our show, apparently. <laughs> we're becoming a show of belts, and uh, it's a beautiful belt, and it's a beautiful story. Congratulations. Thank you guys very much. Thank you guys for having me as well. Yeah, I listened to the uh, the last one too. How you guys were clapping, and you know it's uh, surprising whenever um, people actually recognize me now. You know, so it's pretty crazy. You deserve every ounce of recognition, and uh, like we talked about before, and uh, as I've talked about when we've had other champions on the on the show, it gives me chills to see the belt because I know everything that you've put in and all the hard work that you've put in to get to this point to be able to hold that belt and own it and. I can't stress to you enough how happy I am for you, both Teddy and I both, and to see you here with the belt and getting the recognition that we think that you so aptly deserve. I mean, I, I hope that you are enjoying it as much as I think you're enjoying it because it's awesome. It's great for the sport. Yeah. No. I mean, it's, uh, you're, you know, you're a, you're a leader. You're, you're showing other fighters out there. You're an example. That's beautiful. That's a great privilege. You know, that's a bonus on top of everything else you're getting is that you can show other young fighters out there and older fighters too that, hey, don't give up. Don't ever give up. You know, kind of like Jimmy Valvano, the the great 
the great college basketball coach, and now they raise all that money, you know, in his memory with ESPN uh, for the fight against cancer. You know, that great speech, don't give up, don't ever give up, you know, no matter what the fight is. And uh, you're, you're a proven point of that. And again, I said it already, but I'll say it again. You're a great story. You're, you're just a great inspiration for the young fighters out there, the older fighters, you know, the guys that, Things didn't always go well for them, uh, that they, they didn't have an Olympic gold medal. They didn't have the big promoter at the beginning. They didn't have all those things going for them. But they had one damn thing. They had the will to be a champion. Yeah. And uh, that's the most important thing. So you're living proof of that. And again, you're, you're a reminder of what makes this sport so great. You know, that you're never out. <laughs> you're no, never out. No, no, you're not. You're not. As long as you give yourself that. That chance, you always have a chance. So, it's such a great story, and we're gonna get into like everything that went into the fight, including the emotions, the back and forth of the fight itself. But before we get into that, we wanna, I wanna, I want people to understand a little bit more about Andrew, the person, the husband, the dad, <laughs> the road worker for the SoCal <laughs> Gas. But maybe let's start in the beginning. Like, how did you first get into boxing? Where did you grow up? For the fans. Um, Walk us through the early stages of your career. So, you know, coming from a big Mexican background, family, we got together, watch all the pay-per-view fights, always, right? I've always been a, a fan of boxing, and I used to watch these these big fights, and make, like, man, it'd be tight to be a, a professional boxer. I wonder how it feels. One day at school, I was hanging out with my, my one of my friends, um, and um, he's like, oh, I'm going to go train. and go, go train? What do you mean go train? Yeah, I'm going to go to the, the boxing gym. And I live in uh, Blythe, California, a small, small town. There's, you know, not a lot there. So I go, we have a boxing gym? He goes, yeah, it's right there, right next to the rec center. And it's for free. It's open every day at uh, 4 or 4.30. And um, I go, he goes, come with me. All you got to do is get hand wraps. I went, got hand wraps, showed up to the gym, never left the gym since then. You know, and the coach at the time was like doing mitts with me and everything right away. Like uh, he said, I picked it up pretty quick. Well, I was sparring in like three weeks with the other kids that had been there. And I fell in love with it. I go, man, I go, this is cool, you know? And then um, fought, a, you know, amateur you know, a little bit, you know? And I was always, a, they always said I was a hard hitter. You want to throw a left hook at that little Yeah, fly. yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Feel free. <laughs> One so, quick thing I want to say is it's interesting that they had you sparring in three weeks because that's a quick way, that's a good way to turn someone off quickly because you may have all the skills in the world and think you like it until someone punches you in the mouth and then you're like, oh, I, I don't know if I want to do this. The yeah. Punch in the back, I look good, I feel good. Someone's going to punch me back and try to hurt me? That's a different story. So the fact that you were able to spar three weeks into basically not even knowing what you're doing and to get hit, like... I don't think that the average fan understands getting punched in the mouth three weeks into sparring. You really don't even know what you're doing. You're yeah. probably still working on jabbing in front of a mirror. But anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, no, but I think no. that's significant is to recognize that's so, crazy. Yeah. So that's what, you know, and I um, fell in love with it. And I did, uh, I would go there after uh, after school every day, you know. And um, and that's how I would, did some amateur uh, fights. They started running away from me, you know, and um, I, I got tired of it. Um you know what's crazy is I've always fought for a well, when I, every time I fought for a belt in the amateurs, I never won. But here as a pro, ever since for, for now, every time I fought for a belt, I've won. I've won these belts, so I'm like, man, it's crazy like how your life can just turn and like just everything and you know in general. Like I'm like, man, I can't believe I'm here. Like like I'm from a small town, like nothing, nothing like this is like it's all it's out of it's so out of the the norm for us. You know, Styles. 
we always talk about styles make fights, but, you know, styles make amateurs, styles make pros. You know, you don't have to style for an amateur, to be quite frank. You know, you're, you're not tall, you're not long, where, you know, these amateur fights are, are scored like some kind of video game. You know, quick, you know, yeah. three minutes, three rounds or four rounds. Back then it was it was three rounds. I think they're doing four rounds now, right? With no head gear now. Two minute so, rounds, I two think. Two minute rounds, yeah. So, yeah. And, but they don't a, count body punching. Yeah, well, they don't respect it, body punching. And as a pro, with my style, you need the later rounds to break them down. And that's when, you know, in the beginning when someone's faster and slicker than me, yeah, it's going to be good four or five rounds if, you know, depending on how quick I can get to it. You're a perfect yeah. example of yeah. that. Yeah. Perfect example of why certain guys that don't make it real far, you know, national titles, all that stuff, in the amateurs, they can become world champions in the pros because the amateurs doesn't necessarily show the skill sets and the abilities that it takes to be a world champion. You know, the experience is all the same. You, you get calmer in the ring, you get more experience, you get more confidence. We all need that. Yeah. But but as far as uh, the styles, as far as the skill sets, you know, I'll go and look at a guy that might lose in the first round in a national tournament. I say, that guy's going to be a good pro. And meanwhile, you know, he lost in the first round, He's, his first fight, or in the Olympics. Why is he going to be a good pro, Ted? Well, first of all, he's... He already knows certain things that a pro needs to know, you know, sort of a style-wise, slipping punches, getting inside. He just doesn't have enough time, as you just alluded to, in the amateurs for that to work for him, to get to the body. He goes to the body, he puts pressure on, you know. He's a guy who's, uh, you can see, is is calm and and his patient. Well, his patience and his calm has hurt him in the damn amateurs because by the time you start getting going, the bell is rung for the last round. Exactly. But in a pro, you look ahead and you project in your mind if you know what you're looking at hopefully you say wait a minute this guy will get his engine running in the fourth in the fifth in the sixth you got your engine running uh in the pretty quick yeah so you go to the gym you start fighting what you what was your amateur career what was sorry amateur record <sighs> i think like very very i think 38 fights, I want to say six losses, and I think I had like six TKOs where they stopped the fight. Wow. Yeah, so I've, I've had some stoppage in amateurs as well. People always tell me, you hit hard, you hit hard, you hit hard. I just thought, you know, in my coaches now, tell me, like, you 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 hit hard for a little little guy. And I'm like, ah, you know. I you was, left out the word that they really use, I think. I could see almost. You, you hit hard for a little... So and so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean, right? <laughs> so I'm like, oh, you know, but, I got you. You know, um, you know, I spar bigger guys, and they tell, they tell my coaches, they tell me, like, you hit, you crack hard, like, you know, whenever we tell you hit hard, it's because you do hit hard. But now I have like more, more, and more confidence now as as each fight goes on and on and on, and you have more experience and and everything. Like you just, you, and you're more comfortable with your coaches or whatnot, and like. Everything that you're doing in, in the gym is is working perfectly right now. So. You know what I love about guys like you, besides the story that I already talked about, is when you're only talking about 30, 40 amateur fights, there's always an upside. You're always going to get better. You always can get better. Yeah. When you have these guys, and don't get me wrong, some of these guys are the world champs now, the guys for 300, 400 amateur fights. But you get to a point with those guys where what you see is what you get. You know, if they don't make it right away, they ain't making it. 
Because they are what they That's are. That's a good point. They got 400 fights. Like Customato, my mentor used to say to me, hey, Teddy, if you don't know how to fight after 400 fights, you better go sell Italian ices on the corner. You know? Go find something else to do. You better know something. So those guys are already there, and you're going to know right away. But the guys like you, you got to give them time. You're kind of like a wine. You need time. <laughs> you need time. And uh, you've proven it. Yeah. You know, I don't know what it is, man. I just, you know how you just know when you know, you know, you know, I told my mom, like my mom would always tell me like, mijo, I don't know if this is going to be for you. Like, cause she see me get my, my, my dreams crushed, you know, in this sport and she's seen the, the, the bad side of boxing. And, and there's plenty of those, you know, and, uh, and I'm like, you know, I, you know, I'd cry, I would, uh, be depressed and all that. And I, I just told her, I go, no mom, I go, it's just going to make my story that much better. So when I won the world title, I go, didn't I, didn't I tell your boy it's me world champ? And she's like sitting there crying. She goes, yeah, like, it's like, you know, it's just, I just knew for some reason, I just knew. So like every time I, I came back to the sport, I was like, like, yeah, sometimes you doubt yourself, but then it's like, no, like there's, there's only one reason why God keeps putting this back in your life where it, it, you know, and then had I stopped, I mean, I wouldn't be a world champ right now, you know? And so it's crazy. It's just like something that I just knew I was going to be a world And, you know, people are telling you, you're going to be a world champ. It's like, oh, we'll, we'll see, you know? It's hard. But You, you know, never know how close. There's a story for all those listeners out there. You never know how close you are. And you might stop and you were this close. And you didn't stop. You know? And you got there. And there's a great lesson for all those young guys out there, the people that have been in your position, that have been around, the people that I just described, that you've been through, you know, some hardships, some trials and tribulations. Uh, hey, that's life. Yeah. You know, that's life. But don't give up because yeah. you don't know how close you are. It might be right around the corner. Yeah, you never know. You know, and that's, I, I mean, I look back on that because I think, like, because, like, yeah, I'm enjoying it, but I'm still, like, it's still, it, it trips me out. Like, man, like, like um, I go back to work, and um, we get changed out in the locker room because we're always dirty. You have my boots, your coveralls there. We're always in the guys there. We're always talking crap to each other. We all get there earlier to, you know. So I walk in, they're like, "There he is, Jap!" And I just clapping. I'm like, "Man!" And I like, I don't like to say I don't like all the attention. And I'm walking around, and then um, another coworker of mine, um, um, Tim, he goes. Ah, uh, be quiet, because you ain't shit. He goes, get your boots and put your covers on. Let's go to work. And I go, that's what I'm talking about. I go, thank you. <laughs> Everybody just starts laughing. I'm like, there you go. I go, thank you, man. And like, so it was funny whenever he did that. But yeah, I just, I still feel like a, you know, I'm just a normal guy that, you know, that chases me. Yeah, you know, that, you know. It, it reminds doesn't... me of the expression, when you're going through hell, keep going. Because eventually you're going to get out of there. And this is, uh, and we're gonna we're gonna get into the fight. And there's, a, I have a million questions around the fight and the emotions involved. But walk me through just for the fans some early stage. Through, so you decide to turn pro. What year did you turn pro? Oh man, I don't Ballpark. even know. So I was 17. Turned pro, make out. I was fighting for 350 bucks for four rounders. You could turn pro 16 over there. Yeah, I, I was trying to. <laughs> they would they wouldn't let me. Um, Cause I was just tired of the amateurs, you know. They're running around on me. I'm losing these tournaments um, in the finals, and what do they do? They just pitter pat. So I'm like, I told my coach, I'm done with this. And then um, turn pro. I told, I turn me pro. No, 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 you're not ready. Like right when I turned 17, um, Meikali, we went and we fought over there. 350 bucks for a four rounder, and some club like. Um, it was just, you know, you know how it is turning, you know, out there in Mexico, how they had all these small little shows. Well, I was... I Smoker. Was, you know, exactly. So 
And boom, it turned pro. I was knocking people out. And I was over there for about um, um, until I was 18, but I was getting a, a pretty good fan base in Megali. Everything was going good. Go to the United States. And then, um, you know, I had an off night, but I thought I won the fight still. They gave me a draw. So we're doing, you know, my my manager at the time was like, oh, I'm going to take care of you to snap. Um, even in Megali, um, Baltran, Fernando Baltran from top rank. He wanted he he offered me a contract. My manager said no, that that the contract's no good. Didn't sign. Was having a lot of ups and downs dealing with that, with that. Um, fight, not fighting as much as I wanted to. And I was living in Blythe, going to Indio to spar over there at the Boys and Girls Club. Um, as, you know, Juan Diaz, Timothy Bradley. You know, Timothy Bradley who had just turned pro as well. He was um, signed with Thompson. So we go way back, and they, they know me since I was a little kid. Mm -hmm. And doing everything and um, had ups and downs in my career. I suffered my first defeat against Carlos Finan at Planet Hollywood. And, uh, and I got dropped for the first time. I lost like 22 pounds in 11 days. Like a bunch of stuff went, went bad. And um, that was a setback. I left the sport for a little bit, took a time off, you know, I was mad at my, 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 my management team. And then I go do it again, all over again, you know, and things just were never going right. Finally, I said, I'm done with this. I'm going to get up and I'm going to move to Oxnard. I'm going to go and train with, uh, see if Danny Garcia and, and um, Coach Haas will, will train me. You know, I, I was a um, follow Victor Ortiz and I, I loved the style, I loved the combinations, everything. My brother was out here, living out here, working for the gas company. He had told me, he goes, you need to get out of black here. You got, you know, your career and all that. You go, you're, you're going to India to go spar. You don't have sparring in black. I go, yeah, I saw. Did that, came out here. My brother was um, emailing him because they were in, uh, in Russia with, uh, with Mago for a fight. So I, I rode over here in camp training against uh, Speedy Gonzalez, for Speedy Gonzalez. And <laughs> I come out here just like that. From one day to the next, I got the family together. I go, I'm out of here. I'm done. They're like, what? I go, yeah, I'm already called Robert. I'm going to Oxnard. Packed my stuff up the next day. Boom, I was gone. And then here I am, you know, I, um, I, that fight, I lost that fight. I don't think I had lost a fight. So here I am again, just back and forth. My manager wasn't fighting a lot. Then um, they offered me Jerry Balmontes, uh, 18 and 1 at the time. And uh, Soto, I think uh, the um, Andre Berto undercard in San Antonio, Texas, mm -hmm. against uh, Jerry Balmontes, the Corpus Christi kid. Yeah, yeah. Hadn't been in, in, the, in the ring in probably an over, a little bit over a year. And they're like $8,000. Like, oh, I get paid ten grand to fight 10 rounds. Like 8000 take it or leave it. Well, what are you going to do? You're going to yeah. take it. Took it, whooped his butt right out there. Still hadn't got a contract yet, and you won a decision there, or you knock him out? No, I won a decision, but it was unanimous. Wow! Like, to was, win a decision against the Corpus Christi kid in Corpus Christi, you must have put a beat on. Oh yeah, people were saying like stop the fight because he just wasn't. And after he felt the power and and we were engaging, and like he got hurt with the left hook, and then from then on, I was just like tagging him. So that happened. Boom, figured I'd get a contract then. Nope, no contract, still no contract. You know, I, I fought on a lot of Golden Boys 
cards, people were thinking that was signed with Golden Boy. Never signed with Golden Boy. Um, kept going, kept going, and then um, what what happened? Then you then at some point you got a fight with uh, Rene Alvarado yeah, there you and, go. and you beat him with a TKO in the eighth. And I think it was at that point where you got after the fight, yeah. Golden Boy comes to you, they want to sign you. Boom, it's on. You got you've got to be thinking like. Boom, fast track. Here we go. Yeah. So Take it know, over. You know, about time. All right, now I'm, I'm signed with the promoter now. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah, that um, that happened. I'll go and fight um, Hugo Casares. Casares. Yeah, he um, former world champion. Dropped, or stopped him in, in three rounds. Third round knockout. Yeah. So then after that, we get the, you know, everything is going going good. Then we get the call to, to fight Jojo Diaz. You know, for a NABF uh, featherweight title, and I had said, yeah, you know, but you know, I um, I regret taking that fight now. You know, I had a lot of things going on in, in my my personal life. You know, my trainers, everything was just going bad. I think you got cut during training camp as cut, well. I got cut a week before the fight. And these aren't the kind of things that fighters are going to advertise to the general public and because you don't want to come across like you're making excuses, but facts are facts. Yeah. And it's just one of those things that don't get spoken about in general. Is like you're not going to lose a fight and then go, well, I had a cut before the fight. Yeah, so you're no. just keeping it to no, yourself. Yeah, no, you, you know, it, it, was, it was my fault because um, even um, um, my coach Charles was telling me, you know, don't, don't take the fight. He goes, you're not, you're not. You're not there mentally. You're not, you know, like it's a bad fight for you right now. Like just, I had accepted it, turned it down, and then I got talked into taking it by um by my by my team, my coach and manager. Ended up taking it, got cut. Like everything was there was so many signs there to be like pull out, pull out, you know. And now that was perfect, you know. But no, we still went ahead and we stopped sparring and we went ahead with the fight. And I don't take nothing away from JoJo at all. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not mad. He he whooped me with my butt. You know, and um, till this day, I haven't watched that fight. Yeah. I won't watch that fight. And you lost it by TKO yeah, in the ninth round. there. But more importantly than that, talk to me about what happened afterwards with the promoter and where the career went from there. Because by all accounts, you're getting going. You beat Alvarado. You run through uh, Cazares. You I want to say one thing. Go ahead. As much as that sounds like a terrible thing, the, everyone has a different journey in life. That was your journey. That was the journey you were supposed to have. Because if you don't go there on that road, yeah. if you don't go through that hardship and all those things you just described to the public that usually doesn't hear this stuff, and you don't lose that fight, you're not here. Yeah. You're and not it, here. Whatever you learn from that fight, whatever galvanized something in your freaking stomach and then allowed you to get harder, allowed you to make a decision, allowed you to make a choice that, that just crystallized things for you. You know, even though after that loss, it was, I'm sure it was far from anything being clear to you. I'm sure. I'm sure. But in all the confusion, in all the muck, and in, in all the, you know, all the clouds of doubt, with all of that, when you got through it, you found a way to be stronger. Yeah. You got forced you got forced to be stronger. So for you, you know, I, I don't suggest this path for anyone. <laughs> no, but, no, but, no. But for you, that was the path that was going to take you to become the kind of fighter you had to be to overcome a first-round knockdown and to win a title. Yeah. No, I say it all the time, too. No matter, like, Teddy's 100% right. 
even though you don't want to go through what you did, you had to, you, you went through it and um, it made me, it changed me. And, but you know, I, I could tell everybody I wouldn't change my path any other way because it made it that much better that night. That's what it made and you I, Exactly. Do. So at the time, you don't know why you're going through it, but you're going through it. Exactly. And like you said, whatever it takes for you to get out of that, those dark times and stuff, but it brought me here. And like you said, who knows if I would have won the Jojo Diaz fight. And then we go on. We, we just don't know. That, that path, you know, this was my path that that was... You, you might know. not have had to look at things or look yourself in the eye the way you had to look yourself in the eye if you had won that fight. Yeah. And you might not have found the things that you wound up finding. And no, no, you you, you got to go back and readjust and, and get your get your stuff together. Exactly You right. know, mentally. And like you said, it changes you as a person. It, it helps you. It, you know, it redefines you. And it did, you know. It was a, it was a, it was a rough two years. I tell you what, you know, it was a rough two years for for me, my family, my coaches. Like, it was, it was rough for, to help me get back to the gym. Well, I would tell you one thing that comes to mind when you're saying that. Guess what? If it was easy, I'd do it too. Yeah, it was <laughs> everyone e- would every, do it. Everybody would. This do. ain't for everyone. No. Getting punched in the face for money is not easy. No, I mean it's pretty easy for me. Talking about like you know doing all this stuff, this stuff's not easy for me. That's but all right. The, the nice. fighting Ken, part, Ken, 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 minimize that punch in the face stuff. Just for a minute. <laughs> They're slipping punches. <laughs> Fighters don't sign up to say I'm getting into this business so I can get punched in the face. No, they're not signing up for that. They're signing up because they can be a master in that ring. They can make guys miss, and they can get to a guy without the guy being able to get to them. They can figure out a way to be smarter than the other guy. They can figure out a way to take things away from the other the other guy. They can figure out a way to counter whatever the other guy is trying to do. They can figure out a way to take away the power, that big right hand, whatever it happens to be that the guy is looking for. They can find a way to elude that punch and be able to find a way to get into where they can start to get into their, you know, rhythm of offense, where they can start to obviously be in control in the way they need to. But a, a fighter, I mean, that's the sweet science. That's the art of it, you know. Uh, a football player is not going onto a football field saying, man, I can't wait to get my bell rung. You, you know what I mean? He's, no, no. he's going out there he's saying, I'm going to ring someone else's bell. He's If he's a running back, he's saying, I'm going to get small when I got to get small yep. so they don't get a clean hit on me. And that's exactly what these guys are saying. They're yep. saying, I'm going to get into that squared circle, that chamber of truth, and I'm going to, I'm going to show them what I am. But when the punches come, I'm going to elude them. I'm yeah. going to slip them. I'm going to slide them. Maybe I'm going to ride with it. Yeah. Maybe a lot of guys that that think punches are landing, and I'm, and and I know that that he can speak to that. They're not landing. They're mm-hmm. being blocked or they're riding with it. They're they're not. If 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 the amount of punches that get landed and we talked about the Rocky movie, and your your Rocky story, there's no doubt about it. But if the amount of punches landed in a in a real fight, the way they do in in one minute in a Rocky movie, all the fighters would retire. Yeah, <laughs> they wouldn't. They wouldn't. They wouldn't be able to fight. Nope. Well, that's one of the unfortunate byproducts is that although you don't want to get punched in the face, as you saw in the first round, <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> yeah. unfortunately, you do. Yeah, but sport, you know? what matters is what you do after you get knocked down, because your your fight against Machado is like a, a metaphor for life, and not to sound too cliche or corny, but you don't have to win every round to win a fight. What matters is. How do you get off the canvas? It's easy to look good when you're battering someone from pillar to post. 
Or how do you look when you're challenged and you're on the deck, but you still believe in yourself and you're willing to take those punches to give a few and to get back into it? And you did exactly that. And we're going to get into that in a minute. So after the, um, just to get back on track with your career. So after you, um, you beat Rene Alvarado, you get signed to Golden Boy, you beat Casares, fight Jojo Diaz, lose a t- tough D- uh, TKO in the ninth. What happens after the fight with uh, management, promotion? Walk me through it. So, you know, I get a, you know, a phone call. I tell with my manager team, I said, you know, we're, I, I don't, this isn't working out. And then um, they're like, um, you're getting released um, by Golden Boy Promotions. So. Now, to remind everyone, you just got signed by them two fights previously when you beat. Um, that was, I only had two fights with them. The, yeah. the Casares one and then the Diaz fight. And then boom, I get dropped. And, you know, everything else is going bad in my life. And then this, you know, my, my best friend told me not to take the fight either. He goes, this is not what you need right now. Because this will, if you lose, you're, it's going to it's gonna take you in a, in, a, in a deeper spiral going down. Mm-hmm. Well, I did. You know, I didn't listen to him and I did all that. So, yeah. So, then it, it was, um, everything was going bad in my life. You get my, my butt whooped, right? Mm-hmm. First pay-per-view fight. Um, but this was my shot and here I am just... You know, everything was going bad in my life. It's like, why Why am I here now? Like, why did I get this phone call now when I was ready for this, you know? But anyways, took it, got my butt whooped, you know. Had, I went back to work Monday, all beat yeah. up. Yeah, and people were like, what are you doing here? And like, nobody could even tell me, you know, that people were like, oh, good fight in my head. I'm like, no, it wasn't, you know? But yeah, they were, like, yeah. trying to be, they were trying to be, you know, supportive and stuff. So, so yeah, and then I get that. So I get dropped by my golden boy, just like that. And they're like, um, did they give an explanation? Like they said, um, management. They told us later on that you know it was your management team. You know, between that, it was just being too difficult. You're too much baggage with with that. Wow. So so yeah. So then I um I left the gym. I told my best friend um right after the fight. Uh, we were sitting there in the, in the two seats that they they gave me, and um. Long before, after the Canelo and um, Liam Smith, we were just doing, they were sitting there cleaning up, and, you know, I'm just telling them, I go, I'm, I'm done, man. I go, this is it. He told me, good, because I can't, I can't go through that again. And I go, yeah, I won't, I won't put you guys to that, you know, and like, I, so um, it's a very, it was very difficult watching the people I care about, like, see, like, it was just, it was bad. Mm-hmm. So then um, I told him I'm retired, and then, didn't do anything, didn't go to the gym, didn't run, didn't do nothing, didn't even look at, didn't even watch boxing at all. I was just out of it. And, you know, they're telling, people are telling me, you know, you'll be back, back. Um, who had Diaz? I seen him at the, at the hotel um, after the fight, you know, and I'm just with my buddies and stuff. And he's like, get back in the gym. I go, no, I'm done. Let's get back in the gym. I said, nope. Well, little by little, getting the itch, getting, um, I didn't want to leave the sport like that. You know, I know what what went on. So I was like, I'm not, I don't want to go out like that. I know I have a lot more to prove. Um, my coaches have talked to me. Um, my, my manager now, um, friend Dan was telling me, you know, you got to get back. Like, got to get back. They would just talk to me. I'm like, yeah, yeah, well, you know, but little by little, got closer and closer and closer. And then my kids told me, you know, they want they want me to fight again. You know, I I, I didn't think I would hear that from them, but yeah, you know. How old are they? Uh, my daughter just turned ten on Friday, and my son just turned seven uh, at the end of January. So, um, so yeah, we're we're there with uh, my coach. <laughs> I was at a, a brewery, you know, and um, and go go, you know, my kids want me to fight again. So, 
He's like, well, he goes, if you're going to do it, do it. He goes, I think you should. He goes, but only if you're as in it as they are. I go, yeah, I go, I don't want to, you know, I'm telling I go, yeah, I don't, yeah, don't want to leave the sport like that. And they kept talking to me. I'm like, you know what? Went back to the gym. I go, all right, I'm going to go back. And little by little, going back to the gym, I wanted to be there again. So it wasn't like, ah, you know, like, because I, I would go like once and then I'd stop. I go two weeks later and like, ah, I just, I still wasn't into it. And all of a sudden, boom, I'm back in there, you know, heavy. I go, I got a lot of work to do <laughs> to get back down. And um, so I'm like, all right. How heavy were you? Uh, That's what I'm here for, the ugly question. Uh, <laughs> probably solid 175. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I mean, huge. that's not abnormal for fighters. For the viewers, they're like, oh, my God. But, I mean, right. this, this solid, is what happens. Solid 175? Yeah, solid, yeah. yeah What's your height? Five, yeah. five, six and a half. Let me five, ask you a question. Well, where was dude. the solid part? <laughs> Still had the biceps. Okay. <laughs> right. Just, um, just like to, to clarify that. Yeah. No, so it was... Um, and um, he's like, well, we got a lot of work to do, you know? And I go, yeah, I go, I know. Started training, and I, I told, uh, I ended up signing with um, with uh, my manager, and um, I said, don't call anybody, you know. Well, That's course, Ray, Ch Ray Chaparro, Ray right? Chaparro, yeah. unfortunately, you know. <laughs> I always give him and, a hard time. And your trainer is uh, Joseph Janik, Haas. Joseph Janik, yeah. yeah so yeah, Haas yeah. is telling you, let's do this. We're ready. Everyone wants, everyone's well, he in your say, yeah, Well, he had told he was on board with me. Well, we're not going to call anybody until we're, you know, it's been 15 months since I've been in the gym. Like, whenever I came back, I was only training for maybe three months, probably, right? Three months. And we got that. We were a month in, and that's whenever um, Ray reached out and asked for a fight and got it. And we were two months out from that point on. So we had already lost weight. And then, like, once I get going, I know how to do it right. And I do it right. <laughs> Cut it cold turkey and boom, we're in there. And that's when they call you. Ray reaches out to Golden Boy and um, you get the fight with uh, Sharabayev Adar, the, the Kazakh fighter who I think at the time was 7-0. and And he's with Golden Boy and they call you like, hey, we got a fight for you. Well, he, um, he wasn't one Golden Boy. They were looking into it oh, from, okay. what I, from what I hear, but I guess his manager bought a slot on that card. So we reached out at the right point, uh, at the right time, and, um, and you know, they told him, we have a fight, 7-0, seven, no, seven knockouts, you know? And their team really wanted you, right? They actually, like, went above and beyond trying to convince you to take the fight with their guy. They no, they didn't even try, but they, they said that they'll pay, they'll pay the purse, they'll pay the per diem, the hotels, everything. Like, Golden Boy didn't... That's what I mean. Their, yeah. their management team wanted the fight enough to yeah. pay your purse and pay all the expenses to get you there, to get a fight for their man. Yep, so... At 7-0, just assuming that... Obviously, I'm, they assume he's coming opponent. out for maybe he probably needs money, you know. Like, hey, there you yeah. why is he coming out after a uh, a <clears> tough <throat> loss? You know, get my butt whooped, and then now you're taking on it. And if you see it time and time again, all right, now he's coming back after two year layoff. You know, undefeated guys, and again, he's just there for the paycheck. This is also a Kazakh fighter, seven and zero as a pro, who probably has a huge amateur pedigree as well. Yeah. So I looked at him, told them, I go, I'm in. I go, let's go. You know, because you know, and I've been against. I've been up against hard hitters before. You know, Rocky Juarez, man, he 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 hit hard. And you know, I I I got dropped by him, got up and finished the fight off and won the fight. And you know, uh Rene Alvarado hit hard. There's a lot of people that hit hard and I, I faced and I faced for ten rounds. So I'm like, okay, he's knocking everybody out. But I hit hard too. I was 
Jose. I got a logo for you. I'm sorry to interrupt. Oh, no. I know your management team is here, and I know your promotional team is here. You got a good guy here uh, that's doing all that stuff. I got a logo for you. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you, you need to put that out there. I mean, it's not, obviously, it's not a new one, but it fits you. It fits you perfect. Yeah. Go ahead, continue. So, um, so I, was, I, I told him, yeah, I go, I, I got him. I go, you know, I watched a little bit of his fights, and um, that one day we all were there at the gym. I go, I go, I'm in. We all went around, they're all in. I go, all right, let's get to work. Went in there, you know, um, Bernard Hopkins was uh, in the fighter media asking me all this. And I'm like, you know what? I go, because are you here? Do you see yourself as a opponent? I go, no. Well, I don't. I tell people all the time, I don't take fights thinking I'm going to lose. I take them because I know I can win. I go, now, if it doesn't go our, our way, okay, then that's so big. But I go, but I don't take these fights. I go, I'm not here. I go, I'm not here for the money because I have a good a good job that pays me well where I can I can just be set like that, just being a, a a normal going to work Monday through Friday, you know, forty hours a week, and I'm cool. I don't I don't need this stuff. I'm doing it because I'm chasing the dream. I go, I, I I'm only here because I feel like I can become a world champion. Because if I didn't believe that, I go, I would retire a long time ago. He goes, all right. He goes, he goes, I I go. He's a young guy knocking everybody out. I go, I've been there, done that. I go, he's coming in here thinking that. I'm done. I'm washed up. I go, I, I know he trained hard and all that. I go, he's very, I, go, I can tell he's very confident in, in his abilities. I go, but I go, I'm going to be there for 10 rounds. And I go, I'm going to, he's going to hit me. I'm and um, I'm not going to go now. I'm going to, I'm going to go right to him. I go, I'm going to, I'm going to pressure him because he's never been in the, t- in the 10 round fight. That's been tough. I go, and I know with my loss to Jojo Diaz and it's my first fight back that people are like, you know, how good is he going to, how good is he? You know, we just seen, so go in the fight. And he's trying to outbox me, right? He's trying to put his um his size because he was taller than me. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was pretty pretty big. And by then, I back then I was still trying to campaign at one twenty six. Yeah. So take a couple of licks, right? Gives me a, a little bit, a little um, adjustment time to warm up. But it, here we are with the two year layoff. You know, or it's been like two years since I've been in the ring. Mm-hmm. So I started getting my rhythm. Third round comes around. I'm starting to walk him down. He's going backwards. And I, I just see this this opening. Left foot, just straight out. Boom, drops him. And he, like, tries to hold me, but he was already on the floor. Yeah, yeah. From that point on, I was landing body shots. I was just, we were in control of the fight. Like, the, the fifth round, I hit him again, got him stunned, dropped him with the right. And then from that point on, we were just, we were in control. Like, this was my fight, the body shot. He didn't know what to do, you know, um... My coach was like, he goes, are you having fun out there? I'm like, yeah. He was like, keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing your little goals. Let's go out there and have fun. And I was. I was man. And then well, one of the rounds, I, I looked at the referee like, um, are you going to stop this? Yeah, right? yeah, like, yeah. And even the, the commentators um, pointed out, like, he's looking at the like, I go, oh, and I kept going after him. You asked for it. Yeah. So, and then the, the 10th round comes, right? And I'm like, man, like, he's just, just taking a beating. And I, and, um. You know, I'm like, I gotta, you know, try. To, I'm gonna try to finish off this this fight, close the show. You know, that's what you know. That's what makes um, champions. You know, you mm-hmm. got they got to close out the 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 show. They have to keep going. So I went out there, and I just took it to him. He got hurt by another right hand, and then that's when um their their corner threw in the white towel. That's it. Oh, they threw it, and that was in the tenth of the a tenth, tenth round the tenth fight, round, right? Um, wow, I believe the first minute because I was already. I'm like, I was surprised it went on that that long. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. What were the scorecards? Do you know? 
Uh, I don't know. Just curious. I think he was miles ahead. I remember the fight, and it was like there a white. It was a whitewash. No, I because was, when you hear the yeah. referee, you know, a one-sided fight like that, and the referee's not stopping it, you're starting to wonder, you know, what what is you the know, intentions over here? Well, I'm That's pretty exactly. sure, like, he wasn't supposed to lose that fight. You know, yeah, sure. fight for WA Intercontinental Title. You know, and he it was it wasn't supposed to go the way they, of course. you know, and here I am. The guy dropped in the third round, and nasty hook. And he's never been there. So here he is getting dropped in the third round. And then he knows I'm getting stronger and I'm just building the momentum. The fifth round, he goes down. He was probably thinking, man, this guy hits freaking hard. And I can't, you know, he's not slowing down. But what Teddy was saying is is a good point. Is like uh, in the Machado fight that we're going to get into. I mean, the ref could have easily stopped that, I thought, a little earlier than he did. But I think that the ref when the favorite is hurt they want to do everything they can to make sure that to try to get this fight to the finish line a skeptic might say that then you know all close rounds go to the champion go to the uh, promoter's fighter potentially so it's in the everyone's kind of skeptics might say best interest to get this guy to the finish line and uh only in extreme cases when it's forget like, about skeptics real <laughs> life people that have a brain in their head and that have experience in this business and know the truth when they're looking at the truth know that this sport can be uh, very unfair. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I use the word corrupt. A lot of people don't like to hear that word. I don't give a damn. Yeah, uh, you know, because you, you guys suffer. Yeah. You know, I've suffered some losses where, like, I didn't think I, I, I lost. And, you know, it, it devastates fighters. And, and um, I love hearing you commentate because you, you're... You throw it out there. You, you're not. You're not. You're not shy to say what you got to say on your mind, and it's true. It, boxing can be very, very corrupt, and uh, it's it it takes um takes some fun away from the sport sometimes. But you know, so we're still here. We still love it. We're proud of you, yeah. and we're happy for you. Thank really, you. really, I can't say it enough times. Uh, you remind everybody what the sport is supposed to be. Thank you. Appreciate it. So after that fight, you get signed with Golden Boy. You beat another kid, I think Albanian guy, Darden. Yeah. You beat him in August. So then you get the call to fight Alberto Machado. And like, let's let's talk about let's talk about that. The fight. So you get the call. You're gonna fight Alberto Machado, big kid, seven six one, I think, or five six. I mean, even five, in the, five ten, yeah, five ten. Oh, is he five ten? Yeah, it just looked like in the. Yeah. I thought he was. Yeah. I thought he was. Thank God he's not your manager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, who, who am I fighting? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's real big. No, he's, he's, yeah. he's not that big. You know, he's Because he had the running shoes on, too. Oh, okay. You know, and I'm here with the, you know, I'm like, oh, man. Because I go, he's not that much taller. He would tell you. I mean, what? he's taller than me, yeah. but he, yeah. with the shoes, he, he okay. did look a lot bigger. Yeah, he would tell you, listen, if that's, if you see a shadow over you, that's just the, the sun going down. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that, that's not a guy <laughs> standing over you. It's Fact yeah, so yeah, no, I get the phone call. Um, my manager, he's like, um, so what's up? Uh, um, he goes, are, are you sitting down or, or standing up? And <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm at work changing out to my other clothes yeah. to come to go home. Come sitting down, why? He goes, well, he goes, you, we got the phone call. I go, for what? He goes, world title. And I go, no way. He goes, yeah. Wow. He goes, um, he goes, but he goes at 130. I wanted to move up to 130. 126. I was just like, I'm just too big for it, man. Mm -hmm. I go, you know, and um, and uh, I've been wanting to move up to 130, and um, my coach like, no, just we gotta make some adjustments. We gotta start earlier. You gotta take care of yourself better. I'm like, yeah, I know, you know. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, um, at 130, go okay. He goes, um, against uh, Alberto Machado, 21 and 0. He goes, the guy that you said you can beat. 
I told him that. I go, I seen him fight when he not, um, knocked out. I forgot who he knocked out in the first round, but I had already seen like um, some flaws in him. I go, <gasps> I go, I can beat that guy. Well, he goes, it's against the guy that you said you can beat. I go, well, I go, it's a world title. I go, so he goes, so you know, go, we'll talk about. I go, there's nothing to talk about. I go, it's a world title. Like, yeah, let's do it, you know. And Sorry. he's like, well, we'll meet up with the team. Um, we'll meet you at the gym today. I go, all right. So we talk about it. And, um, you know, we're all in, you know, and um, next thing you know, you know, it gets even better. It's it's in my my backyard at Fantasy Springs. So, but on the on the drive home from work, I was like, man, I go, I'm fighting for the world title. Like, and like, I was just like, it didn't hit me until I was driving home. I go, man. And I was still kind of like, you know, just stuck, like, wow. And then we start training and stuff and everything. And, um, you know. How much time did you have to train for the fight? We had two months. Two months. Two months, right? Two Nine weeks or eight weeks? No, eight weeks. Eight, we had exactly eight weeks when we got the call. But we were already in the gym. You know, we already had the momentum between the undefeated rush and Dardan. That was a heck of a 10-round battle with him. Mm-hmm. He took everything, got hurt, didn't go down. He was, it was, he was a really, really tough opponent. I, you know, he made... He helped me make a great fight that night. Yeah. So yeah. So I'm like, I'm. We're back. You know, I'm. I'm back with Golden Boy, and here I am. You know, um, my manager's actually doing his job as a manager. You know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's actually doing his job, his job. You know, got my outfits, everything. He makes sure everything's organized. My meals. So, hey, you know, got me a publicist that's getting my name out there, and um, so here we are. Like, all right, and um. And we start training. Like it, it took a little bit. It took like maybe a week or two weeks before I like, all right, get that world title. Like let's like go to work, go to work. And we went to work, and we were, you know, we were, we were, we were ready. I'm we sure. were, so we obviously were ready. you had a like, great eight week camp. Great eight week camp. You know, I didn't, I didn't mess around. I um, was so focused. I was getting better every day, every sparring session. Everything was going. You know, my sparring partners were telling uh, my coaches like. He's hitting harder now, being smaller than when he, than when we started camp when he was bigger. Hmm. It was him being this small hitting harder. That's what they were telling him. You know, I dropped a couple of them with body shots and stuff in in camp, and um, you know they they took some. They helped me out a lot, like a lot, lot, lot. We had a great camp. Like we couldn't have asked for a better camp. Nose was good. You know, we vaseline it up and. So talk to me about fight night because I know we had spoke bri- spoken briefly um, before we started today, and you were telling me like for, you were unusually nervous and antsy. Like, oh, talk me through the emotions of the fight night. It was crazy because as the more and more you do this, the more and more you don't get as nervous. Like, mm-hmm. You learn how to calm yourself down. Like with the Darden fight, or you, like even with the the um, the Russian, I wasn't like you know I was nervous, but I was cool. The Darden fight, same thing. I was. But, but this time around, when I walked in that dressing room, I could not control my body. I was sitting there in the chair, just just shaking. My legs were shaking. Like I'm like, I, I, I was just uncontrollable. I was telling myself, it's not time yet. Like, relax. My coach comes up to me, and I'm sitting here in the chair just like this, and i just looking down, and he's like, he grabs me, it's okay, mijo. Calm down. Like, like relax i go i'm trying to but i couldn't i couldn't i couldn't relax you know try to put he goes put your legs up um he goes put your legs up try to relax put my legs up my legs are just sitting there just same thing just shaking shaking and um and i'm just sitting there like man it's just you know and then we 
everything, you know, getting wrapped up. Fred Roach is there, you know, it's, it's like, all right, you guys got to be ready at this time. You know, we're in our, our, our dressing room and just, you know, fighting for the world title. Like, you know, you're, it's a little bit different. There's a lot more spotlight on you. Yeah. Here I am main event at my hometown. This is the first time I, I sold out the arena. Like I always have a big following and stuff, but this time they sold out the arena. They had to add in seats. They had, they ended up adding more seats in there because people were still coming up to the box office. So we know it's there for me. And I'm like, oh man, it's like, here I am, like fighting for the world title. And I, you think back as a, all these memories of the kid, like, man, that'd be tight. You know, that should be, sure seems cool to be, you know, fighting for a world title. You know, you see these guys like, looking at and they're on the camera and they're doing their, in their mitts <laughs> and stuff. And then here I am living my dream and I'm back there. I'm like, man, and once we, like, all right. You guys gotta start warming up. You know when that when once you start warming up, that's where it's like, all right, baby, it's time. It's almost time. Yeah, Here yeah. we go. So we're back there and doing doing our thing. But you know, you feel good. You're like, man, I'm doing minutes hitting, and we're like, man, we tip top shape. You know, coach brings it in for a prayer. You know, we do our prayer like we always do, and then I go and do my own little little prayer by myself. And boom, we walk. And this time, I I was like so nervous, so amped up and i'm like man like and then um i forgot the lady's name but the one uh she used to work for hbo she's handling all the the stuff in the background she's like you know what let's go ahead and walk earlier you know i'd rather be earlier than than uh, than uh, later and i'm thinking in my head like no i don't know let's stay back here for as long <laughs> as possible before we walk and boom we go and we walk i'm like man uh, here we go her you name know? is tammy right yeah there you go tammy and i'm like that's one of the disadvantages of being the b side is you've got to kind of follow the schedule get to the ring wait for the a side to oh, come oh yeah we were, we were waiting for him intimidating the glove selection after the weigh-ins he takes off he knows what we're we're supposed to do and yeah. late to the press conference and i told my team I go you guys know my number ones i go pick those i go if he doesn't like them don't do my number two i go i'm out of here i told fred rosie go you know i go i'm not waiting for i go i need to go i need to go eat i go he so we were just he was just doing that so yeah here we are and then tammy she's like all right i'd rather be you know be ready um i go and in my head i'm like no let's stay back here as long as possible yeah, because yeah. once we get walking like i know it's time like no matter what you even though you're you're ready for it, you're still you're still scared you're still, still nervous here um the unknown is the scary part you don't know what's gonna happen and when you get into the ring at what point like when you you get in they announce everyone we're ready at that point in the first round, do you still have the nerves or does the bell ring and you're right in? Usually go when time. the bell rings, boom. Go this time. time around, no. <laughs> so still feeling still a little jittery first everything. round? Everything. I'm just, so um, it wasn't until he dropped me where after he dropped me, I woke up. Like, because yeah. now it's like, all right, now we're already down, you know? And when I got dropped, I go, oh shoot, you know, that wasn't supposed to happen, you know? And like, I can literally hear the crowd like go, <gasps> Cause like they all, you know, the crowd was there for me and they're like, it just got quiet. And I'm like, oh man, I look to my corner. I'm like, you know, tell them taking the eight count. Cause I've been dropped before, you know, and my, my previous coaches had told me, you know, if you ever get dropped, you always look at me first. Don't, yeah. you know, don't get up. Cause then if your legs aren't together, you know, the referee can wave it off. So I go and look, I'm good. And I get up, but I'm like, man, I go, all right. You know, I just tell myself, you've been here before. The Rocky Waters fight, you, what do you do? You just hands up, you know, slip some punches. Mm -hmm. Don't let them, don't let them catch you. And whenever you're ready, whenever you think you're ready, then, you know, go, go back at them. And I wasn't really 
he caught me, but I wasn't like that scared her. Oh, they're going to stop the fight. You know, yeah. I was like, all right. So, you know, from a right. fan's perspective, you look pretty collected. You took a knee. You looked right. Exactly. As you described, you looked at your corner, gathered yourself. And, and from, from my perspective, a spectator, it looked, you looked under control. It was a good shot, but you looked completely in control. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was a, it was a great combination. Everybody's like, Oh, you're off balance. I go, no, I go, I was going under. I go, but he caught, he clipped me right on the temple. It was a little, I felt, and then before I knew it, I was on the floor because that he followed up by that nice left uppercut. Boom, here I am on the floor. And um, so, I go, no, I wasn't off balance. I go, he hurt me, you know, but it wasn't. And it was the right punch to throw against you. You know, a shorter guy leaning a little bit. Yeah, and I was, and I, and, you know, I was going under, but I I was leaning over. Like, I wasn't, wasn't in my rhythm yet. Catches me, and I'm like, all right. And from that point on, like, there was no nerves. It's like, all right, now you're already behind. Like, you got to, he's going to come after you. He came after me, and, you know, boom, slipping some punches. And then I start exchanging with them towards, you know, the end of the round. I was exchanging with them. He caught me again. But by then, I was like, bam, I'm awake. Here I am. One of the things that you and I had spoken about earlier as well is that, and, and I noticed this, it looked like he was in supreme, was supremely confident that he was in control of it. Almost looking, walking back to his corner after the first, he almost had like a swagger to him, like, oh, I'm going to get rid of this guy in a hurry. And, and and from a spectator's perspective, that's what it looked like. It just, he looked good. Maybe it was nerves. But the second round, the fight changed completely. I, I think it was around the second. Like, when did you first notice, at what point in the fight did you catch him with, I think it was a body shot where you were like, got his attention and it was clear that he was... I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna jump in. Sorry. You know, no, 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 it's fine. It, it, listen, we know you stopped him with body shots, and we know that's your bread and butter, and um, <laughs> you do it well. But and and you've done it before in your career. But for me, I'm gonna say you and your trainer did a hell of a job looking at tape, and you saw something. You saw something. You tell me if I'm right or wrong. But you saw something that. I wound up seeing that usually against southpaws, trainers and fighters like to look for right hands, you know, because they think that's the southpaw killer. And it is sometimes. I, you know, I used to always talk about it on the broadcast for ESPN Friday Night Fights and, of course, all the other fights that I broadcast for ESPN. I talk about the southpaw killer, the right hand. And almost traditionally, um, that was what trainers automatically would look for and, and feed to their fighters. But this was different. This was a case where the southpaw was throwing that jab a little too slow and a little too close, his jab. He wasn't retrieving it fast. And you started countering him with left hooks over that jab. Yeah, so we had seen that. he He's always in control. He's always the bigger guy going forward. Here I am. I go, my style is perfect. But I used to, so when I lived in Blythe and trained over there, I used, my, my only sparring partner that I had, his name was Tony Soria. He's a southpaw. I sparred him day in and day out and i i told my coach like oh i'm i actually know how to fight southpaws with the jojo diaz fight like i said i wasn't there so all through camp like i love throwing the check hook against southpaws once i get your rhythm down on your on your jab if i get your rhythm down on your jab that's my easy way in to go in there and so what you know as soon as i put that little bit of pressure on him and now he's on his back foot he's not going forward no more so now he, he's fighting somewhere where he's never been before here i am fighting where I'm most comfortable going forward, you know, but this time moving my head and I'm a lot faster now. And now I'm more confident in my combinations. So yeah, no, I, I, once after I got 
got hit and all that and dropped. And once I got the rhythm and then once I was pressuring him and having him go back, he I can tell the look on his face that like he was surprised that he's hit me with everything. But left hooks, you were really timing oh, yeah. him with left hooks left. over his jab. Throughout. And if you take away a taller guy's jab, he's got a problem. And so that's what, and all through camp, I was throwing the check hook with uh, with my, my sparring partners. And... Um, one of the my uh, one of my friends and teammate Chia, he 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 told me he goes um he told my coach he's like because he caught me with that that check that check hook he goes that one it's I want they everybody thought that I was gonna put him down in in my camp thought that I was gonna put him down with the left hook because on that's how good we were throwing it in sparring in camp check hook uppercuts like we um that's what we practice for you know of course moving the head and the straight rights are there but for some reason I just got. I was just so comfortable. Just I'll tell you the reason is he was a little slow bringing his jab back, and he was giving up his height. Listen, it's great to be able to jab when you're the taller guy in particular, but if you're not jabbing from the right distance, the right position, you're leaving yourself open. You oh, open yeah. a window for something to if come you notice, in. But if you notice all his other fights, he always drags his jab, but he's always been in control because everybody's scared of him to go forward. They're afraid to throw the punch. Exactly. And he, he against a southpaw... If, if you're not committed to that straight right or that left hook, you're you're gonna get caught. You're gonna get countered. You have to be committed. Once you go in there, you gotta go in there all the way, full force. And you know, here I am with my, you know, my my shot. Like my dream, it was right there for me to go out and just grab. You know, and that's one of the things why I was just so nervous between the sold out arena in my hometown. Here it is, just it's right there. You know, thirty six minutes. All I gotta do, like my 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 friend tells me, Andrew. Hit and not get hit, you win the fight. <laughs> it's that simple. I, uh, my, my best friend Chad. He, Where do he, I sign he, up yeah, for he, that? Yeah, he, tell, he tells me all the time. He goes, Andrew, it's not rocket science. He goes, you hit him and don't get hit, and you win but, the but fight. All kidding aside, the best thing he's telling you, it's just 36 minutes. You stay strong for 36. It's not 36 hours. It's not 36 yeah. months. It's not 36 years. It's not 36 weeks. It's 36 minutes. Yeah. You keep your concentration, your focus for 36 minutes, and you can be well, champion of the world. And, and that's, that's the truth. Right now, it's just 30, we were ready for 12 hard rounds. Like I, you know, I've, I've been in... And tough battles before 10 rounders, I go, all right, you know, it's just, you know, six more minutes. So I kept telling myself, but we know, well, I don't know yet. But once we get in those championship rounds and the, those, you know, my coach said, it's going to feel like a, it's going to feel a lot, lot longer than six minutes, which I know. But we were ready for that night. Like we were just, we, we trained hard, you know, and I want to continue training hard and, and bringing more, more and more um, great fights. You know, it's it's what we had already thought we can be. You know, but nobody else thought we can be. One thing a world that I champion. hope people, one thing I hope people do with this is go back and watch this fight. Now that you know the background of Andrew Cancio, watch this fight. It's just beautiful when you understand how hyped and how highly regarded. Machado was coming into this fight and what you were able to do. I mean, really, it's a huge compliment as well to your trainer, Haas. I mean, did a unbelievable. You guys were perfectly prepared. You handled all the adversity. This thing had all the makings of an unbelievable story. Someone should do a documentary or a movie about this. It's just the stuff that things are dream that it's the things that dreams are made of. It's just yeah. overcoming adversity, staying on the course. Living your dream, believing in yourself, you you, you did it all. It's just, yeah. I was so excited to talk to you, and I know Teddy was too. It's just everything that's good in boxing. When you got in the ring that night, 
the, the playing field was level. Regardless of how many times he came late to weigh-ins, late to glove uh, uh, fighter meeting, glove selection, you stayed true to yourself, believed in yourself, and you... You're the world champion. You're the champion yeah. of the world. Yeah, it, you know it's it's crazy. Like I said, my 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 coaches came up with a a great game plan because um I'm coach trained by Coach Haas and, and Coach Fernando Cervantes, and between them two, so I got a set of four eyes in there, and they 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 worked out a game plan. Of course, I I have to be there to execute it, but the whole team in general, like I gave them my all. Like I I I didn't. I was so focused for this camp and, you know, being a world champ now, like, I'm like, I don't want to lose this. Like, I want the bigger fights. Like, this is just, I think, the the beginning for me, you know, and I, like, um, people are like, I had told my, my team that I'm going to beat him. I'm going to beat him so bad that he's not going to want the rematch clause. He's not going to want to do the rematch. And interestingly enough, I saw news just yesterday that him or Golden Boy announced that um, he wanted to ex- immediately exercise his rematch clause, which is typical for a champion to give a challenger a shot at the title. They put in a rematch clause. But I would be curious to hear from you, Teddy. I don't know if I'm a Machado if I want to get back. I don't see anything. OK, he looked pretty good in the first round, but, you know. I don't see anything that Machado did that he might be able to change in the course of another eight-week camp to say he can beat Andrew. Was there anything you noticed that, because styles make fights, and I think that Andrew style was a perfect match. Hey, it would be a good start not to throw the jab the way he threw it the last time. That would <laughs> yeah. be a pretty good damn start. You know, he was throwing the jab in a way that you could time it uh, in a predictable way. He was throwing it, I think, from too close, giving up his height a little bit, throwing a little too close. But to your credit, uh, you timed it. You yeah. saw it. You timed it. Hey, my coach it, said, you know, you have to stay close to him because if not, you're going to give him the leverage. And sure enough, me as a, you know, being a pro for quite some time now, and I have some some fights underneath my belt, you know, so I know, you know, you have to stay close. Don't even give him the opportunity to be a lengthy southpaw because then, I mean, yeah, of course. So You see what you're saying? It's funny you're saying that because if you go back to our second podcast when we talked about you winning this title and, you know, and it was all starting to come together about getting you on as a guest, I talked about one thing, sometimes the most important part of winning a fight, geography. The geography that's right for you. And I said all night long, Cancio understood the geography that was right for him, be close. And where Machado, the geography that he needed to win and to be at his best in this particular fight was outside, at a distance. And the winner of geography in this fight was going to win the fight. You were the winner of geography. You were the winner of getting yourself in position where you could use the physical assets and and the experience that you have. You could execute those things in close. Where on the outside, obviously, is where Machado needed the fight to be. You won the battle of geography. You won the fight. And the only thing I didn't say that day when we were talking about it is it's a funny thing, and, it, and it's kind of like what we're talking about with you now. Geography is important with everything. It's important in the ring. It's important in life. You know, where do we put ourselves? What's the geography we put ourselves in life? You know, what position do we put ourselves in? Do we put ourselves in a position to win? Do we put ourselves in the best position to win? Do we put ourselves in a position where we have less of a 
you know, obviously less of an opportunity to be at our best, less of an opportunity to learn something. Geography, geography in a ring, geography in life. And the geography has been uh, very consistent in in your story, in your journey. The geography in a ring was right for you that night, and the geography in life has been right for you. Yeah, you know, all the stars aligned, you know, for us, you know. It's crazy, you know. I, I'm, I'm still in shock, like, coming after a, a long layoff and then the way I lost and then now here we are just on the on the rise and I want to continue going up you know everything's working out now like I said now I have a manager that actually does his job as a manager and you know I thank him for that you know sometimes I tell him he's a little bit too much but tell him, <laughs> tell him he's a he's a hyena is what I tell him and um but you know he does his job I got my coaches there to support me uh, my family's behind me um you know, everything just was working out and, you know, fine. And uh, so everything in line that night and, you know, we went out and did it. This one kind of one of the motivations for the podcast is is to discuss fighting as it relates to life. And there's a lot of things that can be taken away from these moments by everyday fans and people in their everyday life. And this is a perfect example. You might not be a fighter, but whatever your fight in life is, you got to keep going. You got to believe in yourself and really believe, because like Teddy, you and I have spoken before about, are you throwing don't hurt me punches? Are we just kind of like faking our way through this? I just want to survive this fight. I just don't want to get embarrassed and knocked out. Are you genu genuinely in there trying to win with every ounce? And it was so obvious that you were trying to win and we could see the emotions after the fight. So before we wrap this up, just talk to me about the emotions of having achieved your goal they announce you as the winner because, you know, obviously we see you very emotional in the ring. And it was like, I felt emotional watching it. My wife was crying. It was unbelievable. I mean, I just, I really hope that people go and watch this fight. But talk me through your emotions when it happened. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't believe it. Like, you know, after when I dropped him, I go, okay, cool. I go, all right. And then you know, I hit him, hurt him with the body shot. Next, I go, and I'm going to go right back to the body. And then when he, the referee finally waved it off, I was just like, are you, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And that's you know, exactly you're, what your you, action you, said. You know, it's like, and I'm like, and at the end, I'm like, yes, like, I can't believe, like, there's no if, ands, or buts, there's no scorecards, there's no judges, like, you just freaking won the world title. And then you just, you know, you cry, like, um, people, like, some people, like, come on, like, man up, like, like, you don't understand the road that I, that it took for me to get here. You know, I turned pro when I was 17, and here I am at the age of 30 with my first world title shot and I, and I accomplished it. You know, like my coach kept telling me, he goes, not a lot of people can, can fight for a world title, let alone win a world title. Here we are, right. you know? And so you think back, like, man, I remember the, the broke days, the, the um, one bedroom apartment, can't even afford to make rent. Like it was just, it was rough. Like everything, you know, I, I moved out here to Oxnard <coughs> to chase a dream mm -hmm. and I just accomplished that right now. In my hometown, my, my 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 family, my friends, my kids are there, you know. And it's just, it was just, you can't even like people keep telling me like, um, it was like um, watching a movie, you know. There's so much drama. Oh, better than there's so much drama in those four rounds, you know. I got caught, I got dropped, came back, and boom, here we are exchanging. So like all that, just when well, you're thinking about it, you know, and then chapters of a life. You know, and you're just like, man. You know, I still trip out. Like I, like um, I stayed up late um, the other night, and um, my girl asked me, "Why'd you go to bed so late?" I was watching the fight. I watched the fight. Like, I haven't been able to sit down and watch the fight by myself. Yeah, you know, with my emotions. Like so, I, and I watched it a couple of times. Like man, like, you just look at yourself. Like all the hard work paid off, and you just in there. Like you know, you just like 
Got to keep going. But yeah, all that all in one was just like you just remember everything. Remember, it doesn't end here. Yeah. On to bigger and better things. Keep piling up those belts. You yeah. got it, man. You, you, you've got all the skills. It's such a great story. And tell people where they can find you on social media and how people can follow your career because I have a feeling that you're going to see a huge uh, uptick in your social media followings <laughs> as people start to realize this story and, 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 and understand your journey. Yeah, um, every day I'm getting more and more followers. But yeah, um, El Chango126 on Instagram. You can find me on, on, on Facebook at Andrew Concio, on Twitter at Andrew Concio as well. But yeah, um, every day, man, I'm getting new, more and more followers. Like all this, like like whenever um said like Teddy Atlas and, and this podcast and all that, I was like nervous. Like last night, I was nervous to be around. Like, because this is the norm for you guys. This is not the norm for me. I'm I'm a big fan of. Uh, <laughs> Of Teddy Atlas, like I've always like been a, a like I like how he calls it. Like he's very straightforward, and you you know a lot to the game, and you don't sugarcoat it. So I, I was nervous. I'm over here. I'm like, I'm gonna meet Teddy. Like I'm actually gonna talk to Teddy. <laughs> you weren't nervous about meeting me. Yeah, I was nervous about you too. <laughs> but I mean, because I mean, honestly, I'm like I see him on TV and all that. I'm like, and he, you know, you like I said, you don't sugarcoat it. And, so I'm like, man, I'm just sitting there. Last night I was talking to my boys. I'm like, I go, I'm nervous about this. Like, don't be there. I go, man, come need to take a couple of shots or something. I go, but <laughs> all today I was nervous. Like, so all this is not is it's it's out of the norm for me. You know, I just want to I just want to train and go to the fight. You know, and I was like, you got to go here, you got to go there. Like, and you know, everybody keeps telling me, you know, this get used to it. This is just the beginning. That's exactly so, right. No, I hope so. I want the bigger fights. Hey, you know? the more people that understand this story, the more people that are going to want to come to see your fight, tune into the fights, and hopefully contribute to um, you know setting you up for the rest of your life. And we're incredibly honored to have you. And I know, speaking for myself, like I, I'm. I couldn't think of anyone that I'd rather talk to right now in the sport of boxing. It's just, it's everything that's good about boxing. And I think this is just the beginning for you, and I hope it is. And we're, we're really very excited for, for you. You know, you know and I'm, I'm the one that's like, I'm very honored to be on the show. And like, for you guys to give me credit that, you know, a lot of, cause a lot of people, some people are like, oh, you know, he was drained, this and that, you know. But I know you guys know, like, it wasn't that. It was four rounds, you know, it just, I executed the fight. Perfectly, you know, and I'm, I'm glad that you guys are giving me the recognition. Like you guys are, you know, helping you with my exposure it. and you know, getting my story out there. You know, I I appreciate to be on the show. You know, I, uh, by the way, I don't know anything about social media. <laughs> I'm I'm really bad. See, and that's how I am. I don't like social media. Then everybody's like, "You gotta get one. You gotta get one." I'm like, "No, I don't." Like, but yeah, I'm bad too. That's why I have you on anytime. <laughs> I would love to have you on the show anytime because of your story, because of the person you are, the human being you are, and um, because we have some in common. We suck at social media. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I love to be on hey, the show. Anytime. But you're good at the things that matter, and that's life, and in this case, boxing. And uh, well done. We're excited to see you continue your journey. And thanks again for being here. No problem. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Thank you.